what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. There's some of you in this place, and I know there's some of you by radio. You're going through a violent shaking of your faith. You're holding on with your fingernails, but you feel like you're slipping. I got a word for you today. The Lord is interceding on your behalf. Neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the Gospel according to St. Luke. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, move down if you will to verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Sifted as wheat. Sifted as wheat. Let's go to the Lord and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, there are a lot of needs. Needs, O oh God, that only you can meet. And Lord, today I only have words. Lord, anoint me today to speak. Anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word. And Lord, today we are careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done and for all that you are going to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This of which I've just read to you took place just hours before Jesus would suffer one of the most painful, agonizing, horrifying deaths that man could imagine and hell could ever devise. It's the Passover, and the disciples and the Lord Jesus Christ are all seated there at the table. This would be the last time that the Lord would sit down with His disciples and physically eat with them. And at the supper that night, the Lord would take bread, unleavened bread, Bread that did not have any yeast in it. There was no corruption in that bread. And he would take that bread, bless it, and he would break it. 
and he would give it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. He took that bread, symbolic of God, taking upon himself the likeness of sinful flesh. Took that bread and break it as his body was broken upon the cross for you and I. And then he gave it to the disciples. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself as a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. And I don't care who you are today. He loves you. He gave His life for you. And all that is required of you is faith. The Lord would take a cup. He said this represents the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. Let me just stop right there for just a minute. The bread was unleavened, did not have any corruption in it. The grape juice that was in the cup that the Lord blessed that night that represented His pure, spotless blood was not alcoholic in nature. Do you think the Lord would have took something that was rotten? Do you think the Lord would have took something that was fermented and used it to represent His pure, spotless blood? I'm going to do some meddling now. Some folks are going to get upset with me. The church has no business using alcoholic beverage when they take the Lord's Supper. Let me go a little step further. You as a child of God should not have any alcohol in your refrigerator at home. None. When churches offer that up at communion, there are people out there who've just got saved and they're struggling with that alcohol and they're trying to quit and they're trying to stop. And then when they go to the Lord's house, that is offered as communion. It is a stumbling block. The disciples, they're so spiritually dull. They have no idea what it means. And I submit to you today, 2,000 years later, the church still has a problem and we don't understand what it means. The room was quiet. And the Lord makes a startling announcement. He said, one of you will betray me. And the disciples begin to inquire among themselves as to who it would be who would do this thing. And they would turn to the Lord and they would say, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it me? And I imagine some finger pointing got going on. It accelerated into a strife among the disciples. Who would be the greatest? This spirit in the disciples was a problem then, it's a problem now. 
It's a problem among preachers. My church is better than your church. I'm better than you because I went to <clears throat> college and uh, got my degree. I don't care how many degrees you got. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. But if you ain't got the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you are wasting your time. Our church is bigger than your church. We've got a big youth ministry going on over here. We do this, we do that, we're better than you. There was a strife among the disciples as to who would be the greatest competition. Church down the road gets a bus, now we got to get one. Church down the road builds a brand new fellowship hall, now we got to build one. Church down the road here gets a great big sign and all this stuff going on, spend $20,000. Now we got to turn around and spend $20,000. Church down the road gets television cameras and they go on television. Now we got to go on television. Competition. It was such a problem with the disciples, the Lord dealt with it several times. He brought a little child in the midst one day and said, Unless you humble yourself as a little child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom. And to demonstrate humility to his disciples that night, he got up from the table, took a towel and girded himself and took a bowl of water and got down on his knees and washed the feet of his disciples. Giving us an example of humility. That's what the church needs to be. Humble. He also said, Dana, if you will, pull it up. John 13, verse 34. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Where is the love in the church? How did the Lord love us? How did He demonstrate His love toward us? He went to the cross. And every single one of us in order to love our fellow brother and sister in the Lord, we have to go to the cross. That's the only way that you can love your fellow brother and sister in the Lord, is if you've been to the cross. The Lord said, Matthew 26, He said, all of you will be offended because of me this night. All of you. And Simon Peter said, though all men be offended of you, yet will not I be offended. And the Lord said unto Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. What did he mean? In other words, Satan has gone before the Heavenly Father 
And he has asked permission to sift you as wheat. What is the sifting of wheat? The sifting of wheat is a very violent shaking in order to break the wheat loose from the chaff, from the husk. It has to be done. In order to get to the good grain that's on the inside, there is a violent shaking that goes on. And sometimes in the process of that violent shaking, the wheat, the good grain is damaged and sometimes it's even lost. And Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The Lord spoke this to Peter, but let me tell you, he's speaking it to every one of us today. Every one of you in this room, every one of you by the internet, every one of you by radio today. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat and God granted him that request. Why? Why would God allow us to go through such a shaking? Satan desires to destroy the wheat. He desires to damage it to where it, it's no good. But God allows us to go through it because the husk has to be removed. The chaff has to be removed. What is the husk? What is the chaff? The husk and the chaff is dependence upon the flesh. Faith in your flesh. What I can do. My ability, my strength, my education. Simon Peter said, Not so, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready to go with you to prison. I'm ready to go with you to death. Peter's faith was in himself and what he could do. And not so much in what God could do. And the Lord said, Peter, you will deny me thrice. Before the cock crows, you will thrice deny that thou knowest me. You see, God knows where the weakness is. You know, you look at a fellow brother or sister in the Lord, and you look at them and you say, Oh man, how strong they are in the faith. Oh, I wish I, wish I was like them. No, you don't. No, you don't. Every one of us have weaknesses, and God knows what that weakness is. And it takes a violent shaking. It takes a sifting of the wheat to show us where the weakness is. It can't be done any other way unless we go through it. 
But the Lord said, Luke 22, verse 32. He said, I have prayed for you, Peter, that thy faith faileth not. Look at that. Isn't it comforting to know that the Lord is praying for you? Dana, if you will, pull it up. Hebrews 7, verse 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. There are some of you in this place, and I know there are some of you by radio, you're going through a violent shaking of your faith. You're holding on with your fingernails. Your toenails is biting in, and, but you feel like you're slipping. I got a word for you today. The Lord is interceding on your behalf. And friend, if you've got the Lord praying for you. See, I got people call me all the time, Brother James, pray for me, pray for me. I'll pray for you. But I want you to understand something today. You've got one, the Lord Jesus Christ, that is praying for you. Glory to God. I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Faith in the flesh will always fail. I want everybody to love me. But if you put your faith in me, I'm going to let you down. You need to go to school and get educated. But if you put your faith in your education to get you through, you're going to fail. Faith in the flesh will always fail. And Peter had his faith in himself, what he thought he could do. The sifting that God allows you to go through, it is to break your faith loose from self-effort and what you can do to Christ and what Christ can do. The Lord said there in verse 32, When thou art converted, what did he mean by that? See, Peter was already saved, so he wasn't talking about Peter getting saved. What was he talking about? When you are converted. Peter, when you are converted from you and what you can do to me and what I can do, he said, strengthen the brethren. Now, I'm going to deal with something else. This is going to be prickly. This right here is going to be about as prickly as a cactus. Y'all know what a cactus is, don't you? My grandmama's house years ago, she had one of these wild cactus growing out there in the yard. And they just come out with these things called the weed eater. And I didn't know, I was a young man in my teenage years, I took that weed eater and going around weed eating, and boy, that thing got up into that cactus. It throwed them little thorny things all over me. That thing eat me up, boy. And I'm trying to pick them little things out and couldn't get them out, grab the scissors, trying to 
Oh, Lord, don't grab no scissors and cut them things off. Anyway, I'm going to deal with something a little prickly now. Much of Christianity today says that when a Christian fails the Lord, that their call of God has been abrogated. God can't use them no more. But I submit to you today that when a Christian has gone through that sifting process and they fail the Lord and they come through it properly like Peter did, they are the only ones that God can use. When you are converted, Peter, strengthen the brethren. All right, we all know the story. I've run out of time. Try to squeeze this in. I want you to look down, if you will, to verse 59. Luke 22, verse 59. About the space of one hour after another, confidently confirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. Verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I know we've all read this many times. And the Lord turned and he looked on Peter. Believe me, friend, it, it was a look that Peter would never forget. And I've wondered many times in this walk with the Lord since I was saved when I was 12 years old. I wonder how many times has the Lord turned and looked upon me in my failure. How about it, friend? How about it, neighbor? How many times has the Lord turned and He's looked upon you? And let me ask you this. Looks are up to interpretation. When the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, was that a look of disappointment? When the Lord turns and He looks at you in your time of failure, is that a look of disappointment towards you? Is it a look of anger when you fail God? Is it a look of disgust? Is it a look of judgment? How do you think the Lord looks at you in your time of failure? It wasn't any of those things I've just mentioned. It wasn't a look of disappointment because the Lord already knew what Peter was going to do. When the Lord looked upon Peter and when the Lord looks upon us today, it is a look of concern because He loves you, friend. He loves you, neighbor. When He looks upon you, it is a look of encouragement not a look of anger. Although you deserve it. Yeah, you deserve a trip out behind the woodshed. 
Some of us a little more than others. The Lord said He didn't come to condemn, but He came to save that who were lost. And when the Lord turned and looked upon Peter and his failure, it was a look of concern. And Peter remembered what the Lord said, You will deny me thrice. All of us at some time or the other were going to fail the Lord. Don't look at the failure. Look at what the Lord said instead. He said, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith fail not. As Christians, we're going to lose battles along the way. And I'm not giving you a license to just go out here and sin and do whatever. I'm not saying that. But we're in this flesh. And we may fail the Lord like Peter did. But your faith, the Lord is praying that your faith fail not. You may lose a battle. But if you don't allow that to cause you to lose your faith, let me tell you today, you're going to win the war. That failure has a tendency to shake you, that sifting of the wheat. As Satan takes that failure and he rubs it in your faith and he's trying to destroy you, but God's just trying to point out where your weakness is. Where is your faith? Is your faith in what you can do? Or is your faith in what Jesus Christ has already done? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.